0: Welcome to the Multitask. This is John.
1: The your boy, Fyder? going on, I guess?
0: So the Republicans have an opportunity, an opening, to go after Biden and Biden's documents. Uh, from my perspective, I probably assume from your perspective, it's a false equivalency, but it's out there. And so your reaction to the documents being found in Joe Biden's possession?
1: Um i was disappointed not because of this is a reflection of of biden or his camp or anything i just i was disappointed because this was and i'll steal this term from somebody on twitter an unforced error right like when you're you played sports, right? When you're when you're front running and you just cough up a ball for no reason or maybe you shoot a three that you're not supposed to shoot or you cause an error. You throw over the first baseman and it's just like I we need it. You know what I mean? It might not cost us the game, but we didn't need that to happen. And that was my kind of my first reaction was, well, this sucks because we're holding the Trump to a standard and now we have to do the same to Biden. Now, this is an opportunity for us to. To not be biased and say, yeah, we should definitely investigate and see what happened. But it's pretty clear to me, and based on reporting and based on what's happening, it's pretty clear the false equivalency is, is um, the Republicans are trying to make it that right. So in this case, Biden, and I'll steal this from Twitter too. I sent this to you earlier. This is the the, the equivalent is Biden went grocery shopping paid for his stuff and left and didn't know that the the gallon of milk or the oranges were in his bag. Once he realized the oranges were there, he went back and gave them to the store. Trump was just openly stealing stuff and then left with the stuff, refused to return the stuff and then lied about having the stuff. And then once they took some of the stuff, he lied about having more of the stuff. I think that's, that's the best analogy I've seen so far. I don't think Biden was handling this stuff. I know one of it was in his Delaware home, but you got to remember like, these people have staffers all across like it, Biden was probably never alone in a room with documents in his last 15 years of politics. Right. So it was just an unforced error and we'll have to suck it up. Um, we'll talk about the special counsel in a minute. But this is just one of those things you kind of fight back against and then you just try to tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. I don't think this will be a thing in two years. I could be totally wrong, but I just I just personally don't think this will cost him any votes.
0: Well, I'll tell you this much, and I'm going to push back a little bit on the phrase unforced error. It wasn't an unforced error. Um, An unforced error would be something that he does actively. This was done passively, something he might not have even known about. So, And on top of it, at the time that the mistake was made, and I don't think the mistake's been made since 2017, at the time the mistake was made, we had no idea that all this Trump stuff was going to go on. So I don't really call it an unforced error because an unforced error would be seeing what Trump's going through and making the same mistake. He didn't see what Trump went through and make the same mistake. So I don't think I don't think it's accurate to call it an unforced error for that reason. For that reason, it it's tough. But the other thing though too is um I think what you have and the press is not helping. It's not their job to help, but it is their job to be honest, right? Um, what what they're doing is they are taking advantage of and sensationalizing the fact that we don't know what we don't know. And the other thing that they're doing, uh is they're also realizing. Look, the way Trump handles crisis, whether or not it's his Mar-a-Lago, whether or not it's Russia is he basically can be caught red-handed and he's going to give a, who are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? Um, and But it's an aggressive response. It's an in-your-face response. And even if it's unethical, even if it, it it makes us doubt the person more, we know where they stand. Biden appears to be participating in something in, in, in a manner in which uh, the lawyers are driving the day uh, they're kind of saying, damn the politics. We're only going to worry about the legal precedent. And even though um, we have a First Amendment and everything else, um, their transparency is not necessarily with the White House press corps. Their transparency is with the attorney general's office and, reali- and now the special counsel. So realistically, it's funny because you see that Kareem John pierre getting peppered with these questions and it looks like she's being evasive. But the reality is, if she says something, and I think it's a developing story, right? She can be evasive or she can, or more importantly, she can say, you got to talk to lawyers, you got to talk to lawyers. Now, let's just say some information is given to her today and she goes out on Monday and she makes a statement. And then on Tuesday, that information that she's given turns out to not be actually accurate. How much worse does she look on Tuesday? And so there's a caution that she's exhibiting, which is easy for the Republicans and easy for the press to exploit. You know, the press is there and it's always been there to inform, but now in this day and age of clicks, TV ratings, subscriptions, their job's also to sell papers, to generate clicks, to get eyes. And so even if some of the apples to oranges comparison doesn't line up, it doesn't matter because they're not really there to be fair. And I don't think it's a, and and say that, I don't even know if I'm saying that they shouldn't be because if they are working in industries in which the bottom line is to make money and you make money by clicks, views, and, um, and column inches, right. Uh, but I I don't know. That's 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 kind of my initial take.
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine John. Now we now we have a story of two two set of documents being found in two different places. So imagine the White House press, press secretary goes out Monday and says, "Oh, this is a one time thing. It's not a big deal." And then by Wednesday, there's another story. So I, I understand them being evasive. Like like you said, I don't think that there's certainly a, a politics play here. But I think most importantly legal standing you want to be in the properly legal standing everything so far has been uh, on the on the right foot they're they they're being transparent they come out they're cooperating they're the ones who turned them over remember john people th- people think that trump's in trouble for having documents and he's he's really not he's not in trouble for having documents right he's he's having he's getting in trouble because they found out he had documents refused to give them back And then when they went and got him they said he weren't there and they were there and then they went and got him and then there was more right so he's really in trouble for obstruction and lying as opposed to having documents i'm not sure how normal this is um i don't know if barack has documents in his office he's already come out and said and and the archive people have come out and said that he doesn't have anything I'm just saying like it could be possible that there's a folder somewhere in Hyde Park that nobody knows about, right? That just got missing somewhere in the process. I guess what I'm saying is um, we want Biden to be transparent, and he is. And that's not what we're mad about. Trump was lying. And also, context is important, John. This was 10 papers, amongst other things. And he wasn't... I don't know how to say this, but... Trump's history makes it worse. If if Biden stole the bag of oranges and that's his first time stealing, then you're looking at it, okay. But Trump has a history of corruption and the Russia and the tax the tax returns and all this stuff. And so it just makes it much more Remember, John, former presidents get briefed. They have security briefings. And famously Trump does not get any security briefings because they're they're not they're not secure that he won't sell elsewhere. So I just think context is, is very important. I'm not sure if the media is doing that. I, I was a little busy this week, but um, CNN just was had a banner day with it. And I'm sure they just want the views for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you to your point, CNN is doing the worst job because they're trying to be balanced. What I mean by that is they're literally saying, we don't believe in false equivalences. And then they, then they spend the next 15 minutes with a panel that's basically establishing false equivalences, right? So they're doing the disclaimers, like we have to report on They say, yes, you do. But I think one of the things, and I and I like your thoughts on this, and I and I and again, when we think about the business model that is journalism, uh, I guess we just have to be mindful that this is the business model. But it seems that if there's an opening the press knows that there's truth and then there's things that can be implied and there's things that can be sensationalized and they know the other side is going the the other political side in this case the republicans they know that the other side is going to exploit and sensationalize and they're going to maybe tell you that the other side is going to exploit and sensationalize. But when the other side does exploit and sensationalize, it's not being batted down by the press. It's being this is what they're saying. And it's also being amplified by the press, even if they're trying to do things. And would you agree that if I made an ugly accusation about you, that's not true? You might say John made an ugly accusation about Fadi. But um, the more you repeat the accusation I made, even if you re- every time you repeat it, you say it's not true, doesn't the constant repetition of repeating the false accusation I made, even if you put the disclaimer in that it's not true, doesn't that just isn't that also just as bad?
1: I think so. I mean people think that people th- there's people in the country who think that Hillary literally st- is one who caused Benghazi It sent bombs out and was on the floor fighting against American soldiers. People think that about Hillary. That's because Republicans just, Republicans just kept saying it and saying it. I think there is danger in spreading. I wouldn't use misinformation. I just think there's danger in presenting news as, um, remember CNN, everything is breaking, right? Like gas prices, they write breaking. I mean, there's just a, a sensationalism that you talked about with these kind of stories and it was otherwise a pretty slow week politically right so it's like they're gonna run with it until the next thing comes up and um I I think that is dangerous but at the same time like you said you kind of have to report it you kind of have to have a panel on it you kind of have to discuss it especially when the second set of documents comes in so I'm not sure what the line is I just I, I haven't watched any of the coverage um, but I saw Carl Rove on Fox News giving context and saying Trump's situation was a lot worse. So it, I assume CNN was doing a little bit of that.
0: Right. Well, it, it's but I think the thing is, is that and this is where we have to be very careful not to be snobbish or elitist or what have you. Um, but would you agree there's a significant amount of the population that they hear it? And you can even present context to them, but I don't necessarily know if they receive context, right? The minute you throw something out, I mean, you think about it, whether it's, it's COVID misinformation, whether it's anything that I do see the press oftentimes trying to put forth context or or anything like that. However, the thing is, is that I just think a significant part of the audience does not uh, understand context, even when you t- even when you're sitting there with a big sign saying this is the context.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Um, even like, I think you're right. I think people are going to believe what they want to believe. People want Biden's home raided by the FBI. People want uh, Biden arrested. I'm not sure that CNN is for that crowd. I guess would be my point there. Let me ask you this question though, John. You watch CNN for obvious reasons. I'll watch occasionally the right might watch Fox or Newsmax, or they might hate watch CNN or what have you. I know there's, it's impossible to answer it. I'm sure it's maybe CNN knows how much do you think of, of CNN viewership is people who just want news to see what's going on. And then they, they plug out after 10 minutes.
0: it's hard to say. I think, I think the main thing is that um, we, I think, I think the thing is, is that you have an audience that watches CNN, that watches MSNBC, that watches Fox, that um, is busy. And, um, and, and trust me, if you and I didn't have three or four different, channels of information and people that we could talk to there's a lot of smart people a lot of engaged people who will hear the headline the sensationalism and if they're not invested in balance if they're not invested in understanding something from multiple angles even smart people will fall for the negative spin does that make sense um so now, the thing is, and it goes back to that whole business model issue that we're talking about with, with cable news and everything else, but I guess the, the the bigger question is, is that I think that cable news has a responsibility, and its responsibility is often at odds with its business model. Is there a way that they could do a better job of living up to their responsibility and still? being successful business-wise now they'll say that their responsibility is merely the disclaimer but that disclaimer doesn't really hit if you sit there and you put that disclaimer out then you spend 10-15 minutes having a discussion about the lie or the sensational thing so I I think the key is I just wish that the cable news, and it's really more cable news. I mean, think about it. If you're reading, you know, I, I don't like the amount of time, especially with Hillary's email, that sometimes, like the New York Times and Washington Post, dedicates to this stuff. But if you actually read from the first paragraph of the story to the last paragraph of the story, you usually do get an objective story. Yeah, there's The headline, the subhead, the lead are all going to be kind of framing a sensational but you're still gonna get good information. Whereas I think with cable, you get what makes for good TV and that's it. And you don't necessarily always feel like you're informed.
1: I agree. I, I, I wanna bring up something related to this. Remember, I sent you that New York Times article about uh, the deficit or the inflation or, or whatever. It was good news for Democrats and they had a picture of Republicans celebrating. And look, I know the New York Times has has problems and I know this is not the first time they've done something like this. But to me, it was the first time I realized that there's probably more nuanced thinking that I maybe had previously thought. What I mean by that is there was someone clearly who made a decision to put that picture with that, bot with the headline on that article purposefully, it wasn't like a haphazard. It wasn't like, this is a great photo. It was pretty purposeful to me. Same thing with CNN. I know they just switched bosses and they're trying to be more center quote unquote and have more republican voices so i know what you're saying that there's it's an entertainment show on cable but do you think it's responsible or moral or ethical to to purposely sit back there and play puppet on what gets out there or should there be more of a this is just news and we shouldn't have opinions necessarily driving the news
0: um It's weird um, because you got to be competitive, um, and and here's the thing. I, and would you agree? Even when it happens to favor the left, sometimes I'm a little, I I'm rah rah. Yeah, it's favoring the left to a certain extent, but I'm also frustrated because I also don't want to win how they win, right? I don't want to, I don't want to do what they do. Um And it goes back to the discussion you and I've been saying before about a lot of times we look at what they do on the right, and we oftentimes will go ahead and say, why can 't we do that and what and you and I both know the reason why we can 't do that or is that we shouldn 't do that because of what it means to the integrity of an argument. I said it all to say that i don 't know i, I I I think you know what's funny is cable news doesn't probably impact you and I even the way that it impacts other people because we do hear something and we are willing to challenge what we're told we're all, we're, we're willing to look at an article that gives a greater context. I think a significant portion of the cable news out, audience doesn't want context. What the cable news networks do is in many ways they might even be doing something that is for you and I who seek greater context, so they throw it out there, we get interested in it. But I don't think they really acknowledge or embrace that a significant portion of their audience doesn't seek or can't even maybe you know decipher the greater context.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's um a thing anymore. I think people uh, ingest news by headlines and photos, and I think people just think now, Maybe not the people who are paying attention as much, but people just think, oh, well, Trump had documents, Biden had documents, and all the context is kind of missing. Um, and we're having a discussion about the context, but there's nothing that is going to convince us that this is equal yet, at least, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's lost on people. But, but speaking of context, let, I, I want to pivot to the special counsel really quick. When I, when I first heard this, uh, people were upset because they're like, oh, well, Garland slow tracked his special counsel for Trump. And here we are a day later and and Biden has one. But I actually took that as a good thing because it's pretty clear to me that they they want this wrapped up. They see this as two problems. One is they believe I believe they believe at least that Trump indictments are coming. And so special counsel gives them a little bit of of a buffer to say this is an independent Republican at that point, a special counsel. Who's saying the same thing we're saying so it gives them a buffer on trump and now if trump is indicted and biden doesn't have a special counsel the right and the hysteria and republicans will be able to say well trump got a special counsel and biden didn't and so i think this move was simply to say we have to treat this equally even if they're not equal we have to at least publicly treat it equally and go about it the right way because then they have uh i wouldn't say deniability but they have. A reason later to say we treated it exactly the same way so they want to wrap the biden up thing probably pretty quickly and if if they're as confident as everyone seems then this is going to get wrapped up rather quickly right i don't know how long it takes to track this down i just hope we avoid a comey situation two years from now if biden's on the ballot right but it's pretty clear to me they want this wrapped up because indictments are coming for trump and they want to make sure that they dot their t's and and cross their eyes or whatever the saying is so what's your take on that whole thing
0: well, I kind of agree with, you know, some of my favorite law, legal pundits. Um, and it's twofold. And it's, uh, you know, uh, one of those where we, we've we got to look at it from both sides. Evidently, by the legal standards, the legal thresholds that exist, uh, or guidelines, I won't say thresholds, but guidelines, best practices, um, a lot of people, a lot of former uh, U.S. attorneys, a lot of former federal prosecutors are saying that this does not meet the standards of having a special counsel. However, and so there are some who are resting on that saying legally, 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 it does not meet the criteria. However, there are some saying it doesn't meet the criteria but from a political standpoint it is probably the best thing because if Merrick Garland turned around tomorrow and said there's no there there and if he did it you get a situation where people are saying he's letting his boss off he's Bill Barr and we don't want Merrick Garland to be Bill Barr remember one of the things we've talked about especially we used I used to give you a hard time early on when you were kind of partially you know sympathetic to the do something crowd that you know what happens is we hate how bill barr and um jeff sessions before him moved but then we sometimes there's people on our side who want garland to move just like bill barr or just move like giuliani and if we do that that's a huge mistake so i mean now granted um, so so I think that that's the case, and you know, it's, I think I I texted you what Jin Saki said on MSNBC the other day, where Jin Saki said, "Short-term pain for long-term gain." Yeah, it sucks. You're gonna have a bad seventy-two hours, maybe week, two weeks of headlines. But to your point, um, you know, as we as many of us expect, that Biden will be exonerated. Um, there now the people who want to see Biden gone. The people who hate Biden, there's nothing you could do. Jesus Himself could come here and say, uh, "Joe Biden is is innocent," and and those people wouldn't be moved. But for for an ample part of the population, enough, a significant part of the population, uh, I would assume that an all clear from the special counsel would go a lot further than an all clear from Eric Garland. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. That's why I was happy that they're treating it the same way, even though, as the case lies now, it's definitely not the same thing. Um, I just worry about the Comey factor. I know he's not involved. I'm just using his name for the namesake. But a week before the 2024 election, if Biden's on the, the ticket and they wrap this case up, right? And so we were happy that the January 6th commission kind of ended right before the midterms. We wanted that. We want indictments now for Trump prior to him running. So I, I just don't want that to happen to Biden. Do I think it costs some votes? no but it, it just probably distracts people from what's really happening the democrats had such a strong messaging uh platform in 2022 that there wasn't really any bad press right think about it john gas prices and inflation and afghanistan and ukraine all that stuff could have easily backfired and just kind of happened to settle right before the midterms and so we were able just to play offense that whole time I don't know what's going to happen, right? The campaigns are hard, and this will come up. If there's a Trump-Biden debate, even though Republicans are saying they're not going to debate, whatever, we'll see. But if there's a Trump-Biden debate, and they're both candidates, this is de- definitely going to come up, right? Now, it could be it could be good for us, right? I don't mean to completely look at this politically. I think legally, here's why, because I think legally, Biden's in good shape. I don't think that anything is going to come of this for Biden. So that's why I kind of dismiss that for now. Um, but politically, this could be good for us. If you keep talking about Biden, then we have to keep talking about Trump. And at some point, if Trump is indicted for this and Biden isn't, then I think people will kind of settle in on there was a big difference in what happened. Um, Plus, John, FBI raid. And and look, Biden did the right thing, right? Transparency, go to Merrick Garland immediately, go to the archives immediately and kind of do things the right way. Who knows? Have you seen anything about a timeline as far as this would go? Probably not, right?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm, here's fun, one of the funny things I was going to tell you. Um, I honestly think that uh, there's something that uh, Peter Doocy, uh was trying to make light of that I don't think people really acknowledge. Um, you know how they said some of the items were found in Joe Biden's garage, and Biden's like, yeah, it was next to my Corvette. And some people are indicating that maybe... Um, an indication of how flimsy. Um, I'm not sure how long Joe Biden kept his Secret Service protection after he was uh, vice president. He's now president again. Um, But I would just assume that if you took my garage and your garage and put it up against security, put it security up against Joe Biden's garage, I bet you Joe Biden's garage, even as a vice president, is probably a lot more secure than most people's garages do you don't think that he's probably got a bomb ass alarm system and cameras uh he's a you know he's a former vice president i bet you he's probably got decent security and while they say well you know mar-a-lago had decent security yeah but trump was reckless trump was very reckless with you know who he allowed in i don't think we have stories about you know foreign agents coming in to mar-a-lago or i mean coming into uh Biden's homes or what have you. Now, the one thing I've heard that they uh, may, Republicans may zoom in on, is they may make an accusation while Hunter was there, and who knows what Hunter did if Hunter rifled through him. Um, But, you know, the other thing, though, too, that I think can really have a significant impact on the severity or lack thereof of this issue is what the documents were. And you do realize that classification, classified top secret, in some cases, is just a term classified. It's very important. It's serious. But it also can be very easily sensationalized. Um, you know, uh, if things got caught up, you know, some things that the people think they got caught up. But it could very well be like a correspondence. As we said before, the letter from Kim Jong, whatever his name is, to Trump. Probably isn't that you know it's classified, but it might not have that much damning information but when that, when Trump was asked to give it back, trump's trying to hide it and take it. you know Biden 's not doing it. but more importantly, i wouldn't be surprised if some of these things carry and have classifications, but once you realize what the document is, it might not be as threatening to our security as is implied strictly by its classification.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Some of it's probably non a non-thing anymore. Remember, Trump had like documents about agents and, and, and it was like heavily top secret stuff. Right, John? Also, let's play the Trump game. He said, is because he's president, he could declassify. So, so, so can Biden, right? So, we can play that argument all day,
0: like right? And, every... and I, that, that, that's the key. Biden has never once, and he's president now, he wasn't president at the time, but Biden has never once gone ahead with some flimsy excuse or said, Okay, you know what? I'm the president now, I'm declassifying him. There could be in my possession. It would be I, evidently based upon the principle that Trump has introduced, it would be completely his right to do it. But he wouldn't do it, right? Because he respects the institutions that make up our government. He respects the procedures. I think, he's, I think he sleeps better at night knowing he made a mistake as opposed to doing whatever he needed to do to make the mistake not a mistake anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, even months later, Trump was having rallies saying they have to give it back. Those documents are mine. Like he's still obsessed about it. Right. Biden came out. Their lawyers. Remember, it's not like Biden stumbled upon this. Right. Lawyers were there and lawyers found them. And it was in a it was in a think tank and stuff like that. So documents like that, I'm sure exist. And lawyers found them and gave them back to me, gave them back to them. Biden was cooperating. He came out and said, I take this super serious um, he wasn't choky, jokey He didn't make excuses, and that's the difference between probably Democrats and Republicans. Is we could own up to things and stand in the middle of that, and the Republicans have to deflect, deflect. That's why. That's what I was trying to say earlier about the Trump and Biden thing. Is Biden came out and and was open and vulnerable and said, "Yeah, this is we're looking into it, and this is what happened, and I take this serious." Where Trump's still saying that these documents are mine and FBI rated and et cetera, et cetera, and he's just not accepting the truth. And so it just goes to show how different re- Republicans and Democrats are. And I think voters understood that. I think voters understood that in 2022 in the midterms to say Republicans are bad shit and there's a stark difference between them. And I just think how Biden reacted versus Trump reacted was clearly a, a, a an example of that.
0: Now, I'm going to throw something at you that is not on our prep. You may or may not have heard about. But when I throw it out there, I don't think you need a lot of study. I have an article in front of me, so if necessary, we can just put the research. But I'm just going to read to you um, three uh, or four paragraphs from the uh, Washington Post uh, that broke yesterday. The headline is this. McCarthy says he's willing to look at expunging Trump's impeachment. House Speaker... (laughs) Kevin McCarthy said Thursday that he's willing to take a look at expunging an impeachment of former President Donald Trump by the Democratic-led House. Trump, now a 2024 candidate, was impeached twice during his four-year presidency, in 2019 for withholding aid from Ukraine, they exchange for political favors, and in 2021 for inciting the January 6th Capitol riot. In the previous Congress, groups of Republicans floated resolutions to expunge both impeachments. Supporters of the latter included Representative Elise Stefanik, the new york uh Republican who's the head of the was the Republican conference chairwoman asked at a news conference about the prospect of an expungement now the republican- con- uh not that the Republicans control the House McCarthy said, "I would understand why members would want to move, bring that for it. McCarthy then ticked off other parties for House Republicans, including uh economy and integration, but I understand why individuals want to do it, and we will look into it you can't you can't do that. Now, had you heard about that? Had you heard about all this stuff? They ran on crime. They ran on immigration. They ran on inflation. They ran on the border. They did not run on expunging Trump's impeachment. Uh, had you heard this? And whether you just heard it now or knew about it, what's your reaction?
1: No, I haven't heard about it before. Before I react, you said they can't do that. Like, Can they actually do that? Is that a thing or not?
0: It's a congressional record. It's on. It'll always be on the record. You can't go back and take something out of the record. Gotcha. You know, you can't. You know.
1: So I'll just bring up a quick story about Reggie Bush, and that's how I look at it. <laughs> Reggie Bush, who won a Heisman store uh, Heisman Trophy as a as a Trojan, gets to the NFL. They later investigate that Reggie. Uh, took bribes or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, boosters, et cetera. You know how the college game works better than I do. And then later took away his Heisman. And now there's a campaign because it was now proven that Reggie didn't do that. Now there's a campaign to give Reggie his Heisman back. That's what this is to me. Like whether they're capable of, let's say they can't do it. Let's say they can. Uh, Let's say they, they expunge it. It still happened. He was still impeached and it doesn't take away from anything. It doesn't, get them any points It probably pleases the emperor a little bit but it's it just it's just um a reminder it's just a reminder that it happened and it happened twice what are they going to expunge it twice it just makes no sense to me but this is the republican party right this is a, all they care about is uh culture wars making fun of people they um have no interest in governing and that's that's what the next two years is going to be
0: yeah it, it's crazy when i saw it i laughed i couldn't stop laughing but well it, it and it goes to the larger issue of what's going on in the house. First of all, let's talk about George Santos. You got George Santos who, um, he's making McCarthy look like a fool. Uh, there is no way if George Santos were a Democrat that the Democrats would still, you know, look. We still have a mar- We still have a a, a majority, granted, an albeit slimmer one, but. And I thought it was very fascinating that the his, that the that Santos hometown Republicans are like, yeah, you got to go, brah, because, you know, what happens is I bet you they feel the the New York Republicans and Nassau County Republicans feel that um, not only is it wrong, but I bet you that they sense from a strategic standpoint that that Santos is a liability and they, they don't want they don't want his taint. So what, what's your take on Santos? And, you know, I saw that he did, uh, was it Steve Bannon's show with Matt Gates? I saw him in Gates and everything else. So what's your, what's your Santos take at this point?
1: I think that was Gates filling in as hosting the Steve Bannon show. And, and Santos was a guest. Yeah, we, we never, Santos, the whole Santos story kind of popped in during our New Year's kind of predictions in our recap show. So we never really fully talked about it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's worth seeing if he's an American citizen. I don't mean that in any sort of hateful or racist way. I, I think he's lied so much that it's that they haven't been able to dig up much, right? I don't want to bring up birtherism and birth certificate all over again. But the context of this is he's lied so much. And I wonder if there's something there that bars him from being on a ballot, which we could go after. But that's another thing, another, another story. As far as this, McCarthy clearly wants it because he wants the majority. And he wants... A Republican. You talked about it last week, John. It's pretty likely that if that goes to a runoff the way the political climate is in New York, that Democrats could win that seat and and, and gain a, a margin in the House. It doesn't flip anything. McCarthy will b- still be Speaker, but it's pretty clear that's why McCarthy wants nothing to do with this. He wants everything to stay as is. You said the thing about Republicans. It's like guys like this, John, are don't go away. MCG never went away. Bolbert never went away. And we saw that Bober could be vulnerable. I think MCG a little bit less. But we saw that MCG herself was a catalyst in Democrats voting against the Republican Party. And so I think Sansos is the same thing. Sansos will cost them votes and it will get Democrats to vote more. And so that is a liability. And that's why I kind of want them to stick around. I kind of want them to stick around for 24. Because we can flip that seat, and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I don't know. Have you heard that, that that seat is flippable or not?
0: A lot of people suspect, I mean, just because of where it was. But see, here's the other thing, and you know, I've said this a number of times, and remember, I think one of the things I said I was looking forward to is seeing how Democrats do in runoffs or not runoffs from special elections. Um, because we just know human nature we know history we know trends there's a good chance that there'll be a couple of special elections you know between now and the next election and there's a good chance that one or two of those special elections will definitely happen in the swing district what mccarthy doesn't quite understand could you see if there was you know another one let's say um you know, you had a uh, Congresswoman Loria who was on the January sixth commission, the Democrat lost. She she lost her seat, it's a swing seat. Um <coughs> it was Elaine Loria. Could you see if for some reason there's uh upheaval in that district, um and either Loria herself ran or a Democrat ran? Couldn't you see where not only do the Democrats have a good chance of picking it up, but if George Santos is still a Republican he could actually be a liability for Republicans in other special elections, right? If It's not, you know, look, in certain districts, in deep red or deep blue districts, they're not going to pay attention. But in enough of these swing districts, not only Santos' seat, but some of these open seats that are going to arise for whatever reason, the Santos' situation could be a liability in other districts and even if they eventually get rid of him if kevin mccarthy doesn't do it the right way the links of time it took him to get rid of him and everything else but the other thing and i mean this if you're a moderate republican and you're pissed off about the santos thing might one or two republicans flip You know, at some point, might they just say, you know what? I can't associate myself with this party. I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's far-fetched. I I think you bring up a good point about other swing districts is what they do to AOC and Democrats. 2020, 2022, they were campaigning against AOC in Florida, Texas, Arizona. And they were saying, we can't let AOC puppet, which is whatever the candidate is, um, come here. And I think that's a good opportunity for us to do that. Uh, Republicans continue to put up kind of these fringe, weird, bad candidates, right? That was a big discussion of 2022, but look at Kerry Lake, look at all these candidates that have deep kind of troubled past or kind of like nobody knows who they are sort of situation. Arizona, I think the secretary of state, they were running some cowboy or I forgot he was a massive election. denier. you probably know or remember better than I do. So Santos kind of fits right into that. So, if you could campaign against them in places like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, but but not necessarily him on the ballot, but put him on the ballot. I think it's effective strategy. It's it's what Republicans do to AOC kind of all the time.
0: Yeah. Um it, it it will be fascinating. But you know, one of the things that happened is so they get in, they got the rules package. I think the rules package went better than uh or more smoothly than any of us expected. So McCarthy got his rules packaged, but there's still some dissension. And see, the thing is, uh, to McCarthy's credit and to the caucus's credit, or they, they don't call themselves the caucus, they call themselves the conference. I don't know why the Democrats are a caucus and Republicans are a conference. I don't know if the two parties hate each other so much that they refuse to use the same language. I don't know why that is the case. But that being said, um, I think that he's had a a, a first week I think he's had good caucus or conference discipline. I don't know if that lasts. Um, and, you know, the first thing they did was, well, I don't know what the, the chronology was. So they got the rules. Uh, they did something where they passed a born-alive bill. They went ahead and they repealed the eighty seven agent, 87,000 agents when there weren't 87,000 IRS agents ever. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. I'm not sure if you've ever had to deal with the IRS, whether it's, just getting a clear, you know, understanding you're filling out your taxes. What what the Republicans don't quite, well, they understand it, but what they are trusting that the public doesn't understand is those 87,000 people are not just there to be agents, but it's so that if you and I, and I know you you have your production stuff that you do, I do, I'm self-employed, but if you and I have to call the IRS for any number of reasons, we want to get through. And sometimes if you call the IRS at any time over the last probably five, ten years, you're on hold for an hour, two hours, and so part of those 80, 87,000 people that are being hired, not agents, would actually make it so that you can get through, and and call folks. But uh, so they they repealed that. Um, they're just doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff, and it's messaging bills. But you know, then they also went ahead and they voted for, uh, you know, some new committees and. Select committees and uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think the first week went better than I expected, but I still think that um, they're going to have a long, haul, a, a really tough time in the long haul.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. I, I, I pay much attention to them. They're just going to do what they want to do. I, I will pay attention when the when the the kind of hearings start as as I expect them to start. But um, but don't forget, John. They totally freaked out about uh, gas stoves. That's something that uh, completely happened this week, right? I, I saw McCarthy a oh, question, well, what has the Senate done this week? What has the Senate done this week? And someone tweeted, dude, your entire caucus, I guess, conference, if you will, uh, was freaking out over gas stoves all week. So I don't know, John. I don't expect them to be effective at all. I just think this stuff is probably, um, what's the term? Uh, low-bearing fruit, if you will. Low-hanging fruit, sorry. So I just think... They're going after the easy stuff. Any sort of actual complex like I know the, the deficits coming up, the budget ceiling and stuff like that's coming up. The debt ceiling, sorry. Um, so I expect chaos to be soon. I expect chaos to be consistent for the next two years.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I subscribe to the same. I, I just really think that um the Republicans are going to uh screw the pooch, they're gonna make the number of mistakes, you know. Uh, one of the things that happened, and it's more lighthearted, is you know, uh, ALC came out with not ALC. Oh boy, this is really insulting ALC, and you know I'm a <laughs> AOC fan. I did not mean that on purpose. MTG went ahead and uh, came out with this, for lack of a better phrase, hype video, in which he used uh, Dre Day, uh, not the lyrics, just the instrumental, and uh, that thing wasn't up six hours before Dre Dre. And his lawyers went ahead and did a cease and desist uh and then she lost her, her mind she she went off on him she says, "You know you're, I only use the instrumental because your lyrics are so bad. Well, do you know what? I don't know about you, and I know you probably are mindful of this uh but from a production standpoint, everything else is if a song has a message that you don't agree with or and of course, straight A is a little rough. But if it's, if you're condemning a message, I don't think the instrumental makes it any better. So I think it was one of those things where she definitely liked everything about it, and it wasn't until she was rejected that she got all moral about Dr. Dre.
1: Oh, one thousand percent. That's that. Look, these people, John. This is I don't mean to read these people, and I'm not a psychic or a psychiatrist, but all these people want to do is be cool. They want to be cool. They want to be accepted by the cool people. And they consider Dr. Dre as one of those people. And for them, there was there was other people use that song. There's AOC it has TikToks. There's a lot of uh, Gretchen Whitmer has a, a great TikTok f- a fan base where she uses songs and stuff like that. The rappers don't usually care. Nobody really truly cares. And the way TikTok and Instagram works is there's um, you you have rights to use those songs on the apps, right? So because who MTG is how unpopular and how evil and racist she is that this got to dr dre pretty quickly john when you sent this to me my first response was i bet you she's i I forgot what i said but i said this is not gonna go her way i think dr dre is gonna know about this and i wonder if they stop it and it it happened within 30 minutes there was already a letter and there was already a stoppage of, of using the video which is interesting because I don't. I, I didn't keep up with her Twitter. Was her Twitter suspended or she was locked out of it?
0: Yeah, it was one of those copyright claims. You, know, you make a copyright claim, and I think you're locked until either you take it down or they can take it down. And then you know she got it back because she was back on you know within a, within a couple of hours tweeting and condemning Dr. Dre. But you know what's 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 really funny was the exact same day that came out um, in the, here in Illinois. Um, uh, our our Secretary of State, Alexia Gianulis went ahead and did a, uh, did a similar type video with Jay Z, and no one said a peep. And of course, I don't think that I I don't think Jay Z really cared or or not. But, um, you know, it's the Republicans still don't know what they're going to do. They they don't know how they're going to govern. And the longer and I think as time goes on, now we now just so you know, this week. Uh, it was announced that February seventh will be Joe Biden's for uh, state of the state, so we'll get to see Com- uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and Speaker Kevin McCarthy behind um, the president. But um, I don't know. It's 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 really going to be fascinating to see how things play out, to see what things happen. Now, one of the things I want to bring up, and you put it on the notes, is what's going on in Brazil. If you can, could you share with our listeners uh, what what actually has been going down in Brazil?
1: Basically, they had their version of the January 6th interaction. It was identical. It looked pretty identical to me. Um, I, I think they went after the president's house, though, as opposed to, I don't think that was the case here where the White House was ever in danger. But uh, I could be wrong, though. But, um, yeah, they basically had their version of January 6th. Their former president was doing the same thing that Trump was doing. He's in Florida right now uh, getting game plan from Bannon and and those people. And he was meeting with certain Republican officials down in Florida. And all of a sudden this is planned and it looks uh, similar. Um, Different response. I think it was a different response, much more of a forceful response on Brazil's side than I think there was here, at least early. I think um, we know the mistakes that the, the, our government officials made that day and and specifically republican officials made that day and we also know that dc works a little bit different there isn't a governor there isn't uh someone that's in charge of um overseeing or there's someone in charge but not necessarily directly related in that sense so i think there was a just a different response but when i was looking at it john i just thought wow this is just this is just the thing now like there's these right wing autocrats that are going to push for violence now because of now there was violence before us, obviously, but because Trump has not even like faced any consequences, I'll put in parentheses yet. It kind of seems like everyone's just getting away with it. And I just think that's different here. I just got a text about something about uh, Brazil while we were just talking. Let me just go read it really quick. Um, Brazil Supreme court justice approves, including ex-president, an incitement probe so they're blaming him for it uh, even though he wasn't in the country allegedly so i think there has to be some sort of consequences for these people trump i think he's on the way i don't know what ends up happening there but this is this is what we talked about with january 6th is if there's no consequences then there's no reason for them not to try it again and so that's the the kind of biggest thing i took from that whole situation
0: well you know what's been fascinating is there's been a lot of talk um and it, it you know it depends on how it's approached, but there's been a lot of talk about uh the u s may have to may find itself in a position to where they actually have to extradite uh, the uh, the former president back to Brazil, which would be really fascinating and you know that um and this is funny because this ties back to both January sixth but it also ties back to the um even the the speakers' race um, a lot of Trump people are definitely, have have been in the war rooms of both the pushback on McCarthy and what's going on in Brazil. Uh, so, uh, and, and it would be very fascinating because if you've got some of these people who are looking at some severe charges already for January 6th or, you know, but not yet been charged, but could be charged at some point, and then all of a sudden they're also going to get charges, you know, it might, put it this way. George Santos might not be the only american that's got that's got warrants down in brazil if if you if 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 you feel what i'm saying so um it'll it will really truly be fascinating to see how things play out and to see what happens um the similarities are striking uh the you know like i say the folks that we're not fans of are definitely going ahead and um cheerleading and maybe even leading some charges on things in Brazil. So it'll be really a fascinating thing to watch and see how it plays out.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You brought up, um, Republicans because there was a Republican on TV this week that included maybe accidentally, but clearly not, uh, Zelensky on the list of, uh, enemies against America. It's pretty clear that the Republicans are pro-Russia, pro-Brazil, kind of pro these kind of right-wing autocratic uh, people. um, you know, what's interesting, John, is the Biden had to talk to the, um, I forgot his name, but uh, the winner of the Brazil election, he had to call him and basically recognize what the, who the Brazil government was being run by. I think all the things of January 6th that start, struck me the most was Canada. If I could be wrong. It could have been Germany, but I think Canada put out a public statement recognizing Biden as the president-elect and that they would deal with Biden as the president and that they weren't recognizing the insurrection that Trump was trying to perform. I don't know if you remember that. That was one of the most stark moments for me because I've read that all the time growing up about other countries, about how there was an episode of West Wing on it, where uh, I think a country in Africa was there was a coup attempt and the new leader and the president had to call the new leader. Martin Sheen had to call the new leader and say, we recognize you as now the leader of this country. I forgot what it was. And so that was one of the most stark moments for me of January 6th and to hear how Biden had to call the proper winner of the election and say, we recognize you as the, as the leader in the government and everything like that. I just, it really puts January 6th in perspective because other countries had to do that to us. And I just never thought I would see the day.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, but, uh, look, it's going to be a very fascinating situation. I think you know, normally we go up to an hour, but I want to cut it short a little today we 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 got to wind down, but um I think that we're going to have a very interesting week with both the Biden documents and whatever goes now, just so you know, don't expect a lot to come out of Congress this week. they're what they're doing their in district work period, so they'll all be back in their districts working. I'm not sure if there's any code else for you, for those you don't. No, codel is a very fancy way to say congressional delegation and those are those missions that go overseas but um so it might be a quiet week on the hill although it could be a busy week because they can still make news so you know it it should be very fascinating so for now this is john signing off
1: i'm, I'm sure sans will still make some news and, and this is Foddy signing off. thanks for joining us